Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Sir Frank London, a New York-based trumpeter and composer, a Grammy Award winner known as the mythical high priest of avant Klez jazz. Frank co-founded the Klezmatics and has performed and recorded with countless artists, including Pink Floyd, Itzik Perlman, Celia Cruz, Lester Bowie, and LL Cool J. He composed the Cuban opera Haute, Memory of Fire, and the symphonic oratorio 1001 Voices, A Symphony for a New America, the folk opera A Night in the Old Marketplace, Davenin for Philobolus Dance Theater, and Minnetonkanaka's Romance. His current projects include Ghetto Songs, the poetry dance collaboration Salome, Woman of Valor, and I Am a Witch, the dance theater biography of Weimar-era grotesque dancer Valeska Gert. He's received his degree in Afro-American music from the New England Conservatory. Hi, Lisa. It's so good to be here on the schmooze. It's great to schmooze with you. So I got I got an announcement about your upcoming Hanukkah program, and I wanted to kind of get you on the air so we could talk a little bit about the backstory to Woody Guthrie's Hanukkah songs. Oh, my gosh. It's, this is, it's a great backstory, I have to tell you, and it gets better and better. This Sunday, December 5th, the Klezmatics are playing at the estimable Symphony Space in Manhattan, Manhattan's Upper West Side, the famous symphony space, and we'll talk about its connection, actually, to the Yiddish Book Center later. And we're doing a Hanukkah celebration based on our recording of Woody Guthrie's Happy Joyous Hanukkah songs. So there you go. This Sunday, December 5th, the Klezmatics with guest artists Boo Reiners and Susan McKeown at Symphony Space in New York City. And we'll talk all about What is this Woody Guthrie Happy Joyous Hanukkah all about? And listeners, we will give you more specific information um, at the end of this conversation. Great. So uh, where where should we start? What what interests you most? Because there's always something to talk about, about this crazy story. Should we talk about how the Klezmatics got involved or or about Woody Guthrie and why the heck he was writing Hanukkah songs? Uh, What what interests you? (laughs) Right. Right. So I, I kind of thought we'd start with a little bit of background about th- this, you know, work of Woody Guthrie's writing for a Jewish community, as you say, um, and the Hanukkah songs. And then I'm going to get into Guthrie in general and the Klezmatics. Okay, good. So for those of you who don't know, and I was certainly one of those who didn't know until I did know, Woody Guthrie, the, the Dust Bowl cowboy uh, song master spent more of his life in Brooklyn than anywhere else, than in Oklahoma or California or anywhere else. And in Brooklyn, he was married to his third wife, Marjorie Mazius, who, for Yiddish uh, Yiddish fans, Yiddish book fans, Marjorie is the daughter of the amazing Eliza Greenblatt. And you, I'm sure you have many of her books of poetry and song at the Yiddish Book Center. So here you have And she was a dancer, I I believe, with the Martha Graham Dance Company. I'm not sure, but a modern dance company. Here she is, daughter of uh, a Yiddish activist, poet, songwriter, doing being a modern dancer. Um, 
who the dance company brings in Woody Guthrie because they're trying to do an Americana piece. The two of them fall in love. And the next thing you know, they're living out in, um, in, in, in Coney Island on Mermaid Avenue, having uh, three kids, including Arlo and Nora. And uh, they're really poor. And they, they live a life that celebrates all religions and traditions. And so Hanukkah is one of the many things that they celebrate. And this will come into play, by the way, when we talk about the songs. Um, and they, they, they're broke and they need work. So somehow Woody gets commissioned. He gets invited by Jewish community centers in New Jersey to give Hanukkah programs. And what does he do? He writes eight Hanukkah songs. He writes them all in a week. And he writes the songs. And gosh, Lisa, we're going to talk because they're so funny. Because they're not Hanukkah the way you and I celebrate it, but they're very much Woody Guthrie Hanukkah. And uh, he writes these songs. No one really knows the melodies he had in mind. And uh, due to the circumstances of Nora Guthrie, his daughter, the Klezmatics get invited to write new melodies to Woody Guthrie's Hanukkah songs. That's the medium short story. All right. Before I ask you the question about the Klezmatics, maybe tell us a little bit about the songs, because that was an intriguing tease. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll use some of the song lyrics because I think they're beautiful. First of all, for Woody and for the Guthrie family, Hanukkah is not just about the Maccabees or about Judith, who I found out is another heroine of Hanukkah, but that's a different story. Um, but it's just about holiday season and feeling good and lights. And he looks at the menorah and being a, a, a literal person who didn't grow up in a Jewish family, he knows there's eight days and eight nights of Hanukkah, but there's nine candles. So sometimes he talks about the eight candles. Sometimes he talks about the nine candles. And one of his songs is just about how nice it is for neighbors to go around from house to house and ring each other's bells so that people aren't alone on Hanukkah, but that the light, they share their light and they're not sad. He struggled with depression. So he wrote about Hanukkah being a time when people can just put away their sorrows and troubles and be happy and be glad together. And when he talks about Jewish history, he sort of conflates all sorts of ideas of Jewish history, but it's all kind of beautiful and homey. And it's kind of like the Hallmark card version of Hanukkah, where we all sit around the lights of the candles and we give each other gifts and we dance around the Hanukkah tree. They had a Hanukkah tree, which they danced around. And I found out from his kids that indeed they did dance around their Hanukkah tree. And it's really just a beautiful, heartwarming, not quite exactly detail-specific idea of Hanukkah as a time of joy and light in the middle of a hard, depressing winter. So full disclosure, um, when I saw the Cosmetics perform several of Guthrie's songs as part of Yidstock years ago, I was just blown away standing in the back of the auditorium. It's, it was so powerful, beautiful, transporting music. 
I wonder what drew all of you to incorporate his work as part of your repertoire. Well, let's let <laughs> I'm laughing, Lisa. Let's start with the most basic. If Nora, if Woody Guthrie's daughter came to you and said, <laughs> "Hey, do you want to work with my father's words? Here, I'll give them to you." What are you going to say? Yes or no? I mean, let's just start basically like that. You know, so why, what drew us into it? The fact that we were invited to do it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, and, and the opportunity to work with that. But I think that Nora really had an intuition, which is true, which is not just that, yeah, the plasmatics love doing crazy things and why wouldn't we want to work with Woody Guthrie's texts, but that there's a deep, deep connection between our work and his work, even if we work, even though we work in different languages. I mean, prior to the Woody Guthrie, we did very little in English. Um, Now we do a lot in English. But, you know, our music is not just about doing uh, klezmer or Yiddish music. It's about social justice. It's about making the world a better place. It's about fighting against oppression. It's about songs, uh, you know, uh about the underdogs and and the struggles and in that there was a deep commonality between our work and Woody Guthrie's work so what a joy and also his fun songs we love stupid fun songs he loves stupid fun songs and the idea to sing about Brooklyn and Coney Island Lisa grew up in Coney Island she studied dance with Marjorie Mazias with Woody's uh, wife so there are just so many connections, you know, that even if he wasn't the most famous and amazing songwriter, how could we say no to an opportunity to, like, express what we're already doing in, in this new, beautiful way? Did you know his um, music of the 60s? I mean, I would say I was never an expert. I didn't grow up, let's say, listening to the Weavers, as many people did. Um which was the group he was in with with Pete Seeger and uh, many other people. But um, I mean, how can anyone have grown up in 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 America in the 1960s and 70s and not know, you know, Woody Guthrie's famous songs, whether it's, you know, uh, this land is your land or I'm going to ride in your car. Yeah, I'm going to ride in my car, car. You know, these are songs we sang growing up. And. It's maybe an odd question, but do you, what do you think of this in terms of Jewish roots um, and music and stuff like that? I mean, I think protests um, and songs um, about social justice are deeply rooted in aspects of Jewish and Yiddish culture. I'm just curious if you think that it's, you know, his work is broader and then you put it to music that has some underlying Jewish uh, kind of construct, if you know what I'm driving at here. I know exactly where you're going. And this is what is was really interesting about our approach to um, Woody's material is that, and, and okay, let me give a little backstory then into this. We ended up making two recordings of Woody's material. One was just devoted to the Hanukkah songs. And we have a, a CD called Woody Guthrie's Happy Joyous Hanukkah. And at the show at Symphony Space, we're going to actually, for maybe the first time, present the entire recording because Susan McKeown and Boo Reiners were guests on the recording. 
and we're going to do the whole recording. And we only do this on Hanukkah and we've never done the whole thing. So here we go. But then we made another one, the, the one that won the Grammy called Wonder Wheel, which are more his songs, not just Jewish per se, but about Brooklyn, about, you know, kind of New York and, and all the universal things and some other sort of biblical things and oh, gr glorious stuff. Um, okay, that's the backstory. So two albums, one about Hanukkah and one about everything else. The Klezmatics did not say we have to write Jewish klezmer melodies to these lyrics. Everyone in the band composed, and we didn't give ourselves any rules about what kind of music to write. Of course, being who we are, at least half of the stuff is clearly based on Jewish music roots, but half it isn't. Most of the Hanukkah stuff we tended to write based on Jewish musical sources, and it kind of makes sense. Although Lauren, the big hit song, Happy Joyous Hanukkah, um, Lauren sort of based it on, a, on a, a Christmas song because the words are st structurally based on the Christmas song, Children Come Where, Where I Send Thee. I didn't know about this. Lauren knew about this. Um, but it kind of made sense to connect them, to, to connect these words to Jewish sources but only when it felt natural. And it's really Jewish and Americana in really equal doses, along with small doses of every other kind of music that we're interested in. So we, the Klezmatics really stretched, working on this stuff stretched us beyond our strictly Jewish music performance uh, repertoire. Well, I think it's safe to say that you're always kind of pushing boundaries with your work. The, you know, you know, Chopra, Parrots is a night at the marketplace, um, ever evolving klezmer. Back in the 80s, did you ever imagine how your career would unfold like this? <laughs> um, in a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want us to go on beyond that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll say that we're very glad you are. And I think you're just... Um, yeah, it's interesting how you how you're able to navigate through all of this so brilliantly, Frank, um, in terms of performance, scoring, music, et cetera. Um, so I'm not sure you want to add any more to that. Oh, OK, uh, OK, sure. I will say that. Thank you for the compliment. And my ability to kind of broaden and stuff has sort of two pillars on it. And one of them really relates to the Yiddish Book Center, and I'll, I'll tell you that. One is that my background is really in improvisation, uh, not just jazz improvisation, but improvisation as a total art form. And what improvisation entails is listening and analyzing and acting in real time. And it's really almost like a free association process when you get really good at it. So one thing it's like we learn all these things. You study Yiddish music and you study cantoral music and you study Latin American music and study this and that. And then all of a sudden you just forget all the distinctions and you just see how things influence each other based on kind of your instinct and your mind's weird passageways. And so that kind of what you call that, that fluidity or that, that expansiveness that's just, you know, me putting together 
everything that I know without sort of bringing it into boxes. The other part of it, that's one half. And the other part, and this relates to the book center, is that with everything I do, I try to do deep research. And, that, you know, and when we're working on Yiddish texts, well, we go to you all for, for help with the text. And, and I'm just in touch with all sorts of archives and everyone in the Klezmatics is a researcher. And so we try to take all this very particular information that we've researched and then kind of give it up and just go with your guts and instinct. And I think it's that mixture of those two poles, the specific research and the very fluid improvisation that leads to the kind of diversity. So that was a long answer. No, I never expected to be spending so much time working in Yiddish music. Um, but one thing led to the next. And I sort of said, as long as I'm working in Yiddish music, I can still bring in everything else that I'm involved with into it. And, and it's true. It's like, it's, it's just a word, you know, it's just a, a source. And, and the Yiddish sources, as you know, you have an entire building filled with them. It, it's, it's endless. We could dive in forever and forever and forever and never even scratch the surface. Well, I, I mean, I think it's really interesting because one of the things that has occurred to me in my tenure at the center is just that, you know, the work that you and so many others are doing in contemporary times is really a continuum. You know, Yiddish was was a language. It was a literature. It was creative output. And you're doing it in that sort of very global um, context, um, which is fascinating to me. And the results are pretty darn wonderful. So tell me before we let you go, um, for our listeners, how they can learn more and how they can attend. Okay, so of course, you can always go to klezmatics.com. Good old klezmatics.com. That'll get you any information you you need to to know. Uh, And there's probably links uh, to the concert, but also Symphony Space. Um, this concert is, is actually sponsored by the World Music Institute, but I'm, I'm looking at the symphonyspace.org website, and you know what? When you go there, we're the cover page. So there it is. It's at Sunday, December 5th at 7.30 p.m. Symphony Space is on, I believe, 96th Street and Broadway in the Upper West Side, it's right. So we're on the cover page of symphonyspace.org, or you can go to klezmatics.com. And uh, yeah. And if anyone is listening to this from not New York, uh, let's see, we're going to be in California, in San Francisco, doing a smaller version of the show at um, SF Jazz on December 16th. And uh, we're going to be closer to you all playing at the, um, oh, I don't have that one, so forget about that. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> that for that. Uh, and, um, and we'll be, Merz Hashem, as we say, we'll be up at the Yiddish Book Center in July for the next edition of Yitzhak. 
Ooh, spoiler alert. You spilled the beans. Oh, I'm not supposed to. You can edit that. No, it's okay. We're delighted. Um, And the (laughs) idea of having all of you back live on stage is just nothing if not, um, like, so needed. Um, But we will be announcing Yidstock 2022 fairly soon. But we will welcome you back with open arms, all of us. So again, for our listeners, the um, program takes place in New York City at Symphony Space, Sunday, December 5th at 7.30 p.m. Um, Thank you, Frank, for this, for the cosmetics, for all the rest of it. And um, is it okay with you if we take this show out with uh, a little bit of music from- Yeah, this is is the aforementioned Hanukkah tree. And just because it felt like such a a, a non-Jewish integration, the Hanukkah tree, we never had one growing up. I think some people call them Hanukkah bushes. I decided to overemphasize the Jewishness, and um, and we uh, I, I I used a very uh, well known Hasidic nigna, Hasidic mystical melody as the basis of the song, mixed with the Americana of Boo Reiner's electric guitar. And this is the only song on the album where we actually have Yiddish language. Sarah Gordon translated Woody Guthrie's English into Yiddish. Here's Hanukkah Tree. Hanukkah. I hope you light the eight candles. And we'll see you in July. You light eight with the ninth. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we'll we'll let that go directed. I I did find out the the one other thing I was trying to plug. Closer to you, not exactly. We're going to be at Bethel Woods, which is near Woodstock. Bethel Woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. On December 19th. So there you go. Klesmatics, December calendar. Great. Um, thank you, Amelia and Frank. Um, Thanks, Lisa. It was really fun. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.